After a tough start to the season, the Winnipeg Jets finally have found themselves with their second win of the year, this one coming against the Edmonton Oilers. It wasn't perfect, it wasn't pretty, and in fact, the Jets got outplayed, but you know what? Sometimes your best player has to show up, and Connor Hellebuck very much did. We'll dive into all of that and Winnipeg's next game against the Blues on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, obviously, Winnipeg uh, over this past weekend finally got themselves back in the win column. Apologies that we had a bit of a delay in getting to talk about this game. Just been a very busy last uh, few days for me. So um, finally kind of getting back into the swing of things. Hopefully the schedule calms down and we get to focus more on the Jets season because this is a very interesting year. Before we talk about Winnipeg's game against the Oilers, though, just wanted to send our thoughts and, uh, you know, prayers out to the bonus family. Unfortunately, uh, Rick's wife, Judy, has come down with a stroke. And as somebody who, you know, whose family has very personally been impacted by stroke, it is um, it's very difficult is all I can say. Uh, I, I know for those of you who have ever had this in your family or you know somebody who has had a stroke, you understand that it can be uh, a devastating situation. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family, hoping for a very quick recovery and hoping for as as minimal of an impact on Judy's long-term health as humanly possible. But um, in the meantime, of course, Scott Arneal is going to be taking over the head coaching duties while Rick uh, spends time with his family and and takes some you know a leave of leave of absence to be with you know his wife and everything. And that, of course, always takes precedence and is the most important thing. Um, over the weekend, of course, the Jets did play the Oilers, and I think you know as you could probably guess from what I was talking about earlier, uh, I, I know it's not the most important thing right now, but. The Jets did get outplayed, and it, it wasn't the prettiest game, if we're being honest. I will say that the Jets were probably very fortunate that, you know, despite taking a lot of penalties, they were very much able to keep the Oilers off the board. And part of that was because Connor Hellebuck, after having a bit of a rough first period, rebounded in a massive way to steal uh, two points for the Jets. It, it really shouldn't have been a game where Winnipeg came away with anything because Hellebuck led in two very soft goals in the first period and then faced something like, I don't know, three and a half goals of cumulative cumulative expected goals against, which is pretty crazy, and he surrendered zero of them. So congratulations to him on a huge rebound game. I think a lot of this season so far has been characterized by a bad PK, 
and bad goaltending. And when you have both of those at the same time, it can be really huff, uh, really tough for a team to overcome that. But thankfully, you know, Winnipeg's best player stepped up in a big way and, uh, you know, frankly, stonewalled um, the Oilers, which, look, is that a, st- a sustainable way to win? No, but I, I think in the context of where the Jets season has kind of stalled out so far, I would take it, right? This is one of those games that can perhaps stem the bleeding, get you back in the win column, and maybe help you build a little bit more confidence. Because in three out of the five games the Jets have played so far, they've outplayed their opponents, but they've only gotten two wins to show for it. And one of those wins, they didn't even outplay their opponents. So, you know, one of those situations where you sort of throw your hands up and say, it is early in the year, but by the same token, big, big, big road win one that I think the Jets desperately needed. And if, if nothing else, it hopefully restores at least a little bit of confidence that they can pull this off. I think obviously, you know, this season is very much uh, one that has already faced a lot of early adversity. Uh, Velarde is out. You know, the Bonus family is dealing with a tragedy. Um, we've had various bumps and bruises. Ehlers hasn't exactly been himself yet. So there's a lot going on with this team. And of course, the goaltending and PK not being up the snuff has also really put an early dent in Winnipeg's playoff hopes. But again, you're five games into the season. You finally stop the bleeding. And now you get to welcome the St. Louis Blues to Winnipeg, which should actually be a solid game for the Jets. I think of the teams that Winnipeg could face, uh, this is perhaps not as tough of an opponent as you know, Winnipeg might be worried about. Still not an easy one, but the Blues are not exactly a team that over the past couple of seasons, I think has really um, impressed me much. They are at this stage kind of on the downswing of things, but as of right now, they are actually ahead of the Jets in the standings. And I'm sure that is uh, something that Blues fans will perhaps in the meantime, (laughs) get on me about in the comments. But Other than that, we'll talk about that game later and and sort of the lineups, but I think the biggest thing to take away from the game against the Oilers is that the Jets, you know, they needed a big performance from their big goalie, and he showed up in the most impressive fashion that we've seen from him thus far. Um, Like I said, you don't want to be one of those teams that gets massively outplayed and relies on your goaltending to save you, but in those games where perhaps you don't control the play as much, where you maybe struggle to create opportunities and... uh, get out under the forechecking of a team that has as much skill and as much speed as the Oilers do, well, sometimes it'd be nice if he got a few extra saves. And oh boy, did Hellebuck give the Jets exactly that. So huge road win, couldn't have come at a better time. And uh, for Winnipeg, now things are about to get a little bit more complicated. But obviously, you know, it is what it is. You have to control what you can. And in the midst of all of this, Arneal is going to have to make some pretty big changes and uh, keep things going for, you know, as long as possible while the bonus family recovers, recuperates, and gets the rest that it needs. So a lot riding on Arneal's shoulders. Scott, at one point, I think, was a candidate to become the head coach. This could be an interesting preview for some as to what he might be in this capacity. For my money, I don't really see him as a head coach that I think would really fit Winnipeg's future, but perhaps he'll surprise us when he takes over uh, for tomorrow's game. But obviously, you know, there's a lot to kind of get through and talk about with the Jets. And one thing that I thought would be um, 
worth spotlighting is the arrival of a couple of players who have been uh, particularly good and, you know, are former Kings. But one of those guys, I would say, has really stood out above the rest. We'll talk about why I, uh, why Alex Ayafalo has become a very important key cog to Winnipeg's early success so far and why he might be a guy that perhaps the Jets keep around for a little bit longer. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Shifley scores 50 goals. Perhaps the Jets even hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could, do, you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because of Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Obviously, you know, when it comes to the Jets, we have a lot of really talented players, but you know what? Figuring out which ones are going to perform at the top of their game can be a bit of a challenge. Perhaps you're looking at the Oilers and you see McDavid, or maybe you even pan over to the Avs and you're thinking, this is going to be Kale McCarr's night. You can win up to $100 your cash input, but the only way you can do so is by playing Sleeper's Daily Fantasy Hockey. This is the best time to get in on the action. You've also got great group and team chats to allow you to catch up with your friends and see how they're doing in their leagues. And of course, entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether the top players in the league will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus or minus, and so much more in a given game. To win a 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Winnipeg Jets fans, you can win 100 times your cash input playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. Slee Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us Rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about uh, Winnipeg's recent arrivals, and I want to spotlight one in particular who I was actually fairly high on, uh, a guy that I think a lot of people maybe overlooked in the Dubois trade, which is easy to do because obviously when you have a choice between Gabriel Velarde and uh, Alex Ayafalo and Rasmus Kupari, there's one guy who definitely stands above the rest in that duo or in that trio. And that's of course, Velarde, right? Gabriel was the, the big piece of this trade, uh, a guy that I think could actually outperform Dubois in certain categories, and maybe even is a more complete player in both ends of the ice. But circling back to it, right? When I saw Alex Ayafalo being dumped in the trade, I was actually intrigued because for me, I've actually gotten to watch Ayafalo over the years. He and Kempe were kind of part of this Kings offense that was sort of in a transition period. I almost liken it to the um, Orioles of the last few years, right? Where you had Anthony Santander, who was obviously very good for um, Baltimore, but at a time when the team was weak, he was one of the few bright spots. And now he's on a team that's very deep, that has a ton of talent, and where he can kind of be you know, not just a, a top-end player, but part of a really good surrounding cast. And Ayafalo had become a very similar player. But what was interesting with Alex was that he was sort of 
I would say in the peripheral of LA's view, right? A, a guy who's obviously very good in a middle six role. I think you look at his production levels and certainly you got at least somewhere in the middle six to third line territory, which is pretty nice. But with Ayafala, what I always thought with him was that he was very smart, right? He knew where he was uh, or where he should be to get into dangerous scoring areas. And I thought to myself, well, maybe, just maybe, if you get him into like a good lineup, right? A team that's got more offensive depth, that has systems that encourage high pressure and forechecking, and that maybe take advantage of his ability to work really well down low, perhaps you actually start to see a little bit more of what made him a very intriguing talent several years ago. Now, that's not to say that Ayafalo is going to become like a 50-goal scorer. You know, I know I just talked through that sleeper ad where I said, maybe Shifley does. But Ayafalo, I think, will always be one of those guys who's more in the maybe 15 to 20-goal range, 25 if we're being really optimistic. I think that would be like an amazing season from him. But as it is so far, Ayafalo's already got like, what, three goals or so and a handful of points to start the year. I think what's really stood out for, for me with him is that he understands space at an elite level. Uh, he's constantly in the right areas to make something happen. And obviously, a lot of players can do that. But I think Ayafalo having not only the mental awareness, but also the physical tool sets to, to execute on these passes and plays and stuff makes him a really versatile threat. And of the guys who came over in this trade, he's already had the highest uh, points output um, for for the Jets. Uh, honestly, I think he might even have more points than Dubois does right now as well. So really impressive to see uh, Ayafalo fit in. Obviously, Kupari himself has been no slouch. He actually got clocked as the fastest player in the NHL as of their new uh, advanced stats tracking with that edge program. But Kupari, uh, you know, he, he doesn't always have, I guess, the final finishing product. He's still very good at what he does, but I think you can comfortably look at him as like a bottom six center. With Ayafalo, there's a chance that he might be a little bit more for the Jets than just the third liner. He's not going to be a guy who's going to replace, you know, a Kyle Connor or perhaps even a Mark Shifley. But I think as a player who is very capable, very skilled, and brings enough offense to be useful in a middle six role, the Jets really couldn't have gone uh, worse or, or, or really couldn't have gone much better than they're getting with Ayafalo. I saw somebody describe Alex as like a very budget version of Matthew Perot, and I think that's kind of a similar comparison. I think that's pretty apt, right? Ayafalo and Perot were both very smart players who know how to work down low, who know how to get into dangerous scoring areas around the goal mouth, and who actually have the ability to execute on that without sacrificing, you know, some of that forechecking ability and pesty nature that can be a real pain for opposing defenders to deal with. So Ayafalo already fitting in like a glove. I guess kind of circling back to Kupari, what I think has stood out for Rosmus is that he's been a really solid addition for both even strength and PK stuff. The only thing with Kupari that I think I, I don't always love is that it seems like the coaching staff maybe likes him a little too much, which is really funny to say about a player who is obviously very good at what he does, but it does kind of feel like at times he gets a lot of deployments, and I sometimes kind of worried that the Jets are maybe giving up on uh, ice time for other players like Ehlers or Niederreiter or Perfetti. Those guys, you know, are players who can provide more offensive punch, right? Um, perhaps, you know, uh, an extra layer of skill that maybe Kupari doesn't always have. And that's not really a slight on Kupari. I think we're seeing that he's got more to offer. But in terms of guys who we already know are really established and really high-end uh, NHL players, 
you know, for Perfetti to not have as much ice time and to kind of get some shifts off while Kupari is out there seemingly every other shift, that I, I don't know if I love that as much. I, I really enjoy Kupari's game. I think he's got more to offer than what we've seen so far, but I don't want it to come at the expense of, you know, the guys who are supposed to be Winnipeg's top end scorers, those guys you really want to lean on and you don't want to ask your depth players to replace their impact when those guys are just sitting on the bench waiting for uh, the next shift. So something to keep an eye on this year. I know Bones definitely has had a preference for uh, bottom six and middle six players at times, especially when he feels the Jets need to defend some sort of a scenario. But hopefully he kind of goes back to what he really should, which is just overwhelming waves of offensive pressure with lots of skill. Now, of course, tomorrow, you know, the Jets are going to have to be a little bit shorthanded with the coaching staff bonuses making way for Scott Arneal to take the reins while Rick attends to his family. And uh, hopefully this will be a good game. We'll talk about who the Jets should be worried about from the Blues and what they can expect with St. Louis's lineup. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your car or truck alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust pipes, LED headlights, no matter what you're into, whether you want speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has your back. With over 122 million parts for your number one vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that the, per, uh, that the part fits your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. With the eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay guaranteed uh, fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us in these closing thoughts as we prepare for Winnipeg versus the Blues. Uh, this will be their first matchup this year. First time Winnipeg is seeing a team that has, quite frankly, gone through some rather big changes. Uh, I, I think the Blues over the past few years have become a squad that you can comfortably say is prepared more for the future than the present. And the present team is not horrendous. Um, but you look at this team, right? They've got a negative goal differential already this season. You can kind of tell that they're not exactly an offensive output or an offensive powerhouse. They've actually scored the least number of goals in the division, just nine so far, which is uh, pretty low. Even the Jets, who have had trouble fin uh, finishing so far, have scored more. You know, the Blues have only scored two more goals than the San Jose Sharks from the Pacific. So if you are a team that is... Uh, supposed to not exactly be rebuilding, but perhaps are, are not top-end competitors, you, you at least want to have more of an offensive output than a team that is quite honestly competing for the first overall pick. Now, the Blues have had to make do with a relatively unusual lineup. It's very young, but there's also guys who are probably elevated in positions that they really shouldn't be. You've got the first line of Saad, Thomas, and Cairo, a second line of Neighbors, Shen, and Ka uh, Kapanen, the third line of Rana, Hayes, and Blaze, and then Toropchenko, Alexandrov, and Sunkvist on your fourth line. What I think you can probably see from this group is that there's a decent balance um, across your top nine. There's relatively good skill, 
but I think you lack a really uh, high-end amount of elite talent, right? Thomas is definitely one of the top players on this team. Kairu's also very skilled, and Neighbors increasingly seems like a really good one. But after that, you know, it's kind of an unusual situation. Uh, Verana has so far fitted nicely, but he's not like a 50-goal scorer or anything. And I think you look at, you know, Shen, Hayes, uh, uh, and some of these other veteran players who are still good, but they're not elite or or really high-end producers. Not anymore. They used to be, and in, in Shen and Hayes' cases, maybe they still can be, but I think you're asking a lot for a team that just doesn't really have the elite goal scoring and play, playmaking ability that it used to. It's still a solid team, but you're probably looking at more of like a squad that's going to be a, a scoring by committee situation. And so far, you know, the scoring output has definitely been pretty low, which when you look at the names on the roster and where they are playing, it's not surprising that St. Louis has had some issues finishing. On the defense, though, they've got Letty and Pareko as your top pairing, Krug and Falk as the second, and Scandella and Tucker as your third pairing. Ooh, uh, <laughs> this defense, if you already look at it, you can probably tell it doesn't really defend amazingly well. This is a team that's honestly going to be pretty vulnerable. I think throughout the year, uh, teams are going to have a relatively easy time accessing the goaltending area. I think the slot's going to be very porous for this team, but so far they've only conceded conceded 11 goals, which maybe is on account of block shots or even the goaltending. But all that to say, the Blues are probably primed for a rough year. Now I've just sat there, you know, slandering this this Blues lineup, and my guess is somehow the Jets are going to make me look really stupid tomorrow, but. I also have to look at this team and think to myself, this is a great opportunity for the Jets to go 500. I'm, I'm being honest. I think Winnipeg should already have exactly what it needs to beat this team. They did. I did say this about their uh, game against the Kings, right? And that didn't exactly age super well. But I feel like this Blues game, though it might look like a trap game, really shouldn't be that big of an issue. St. Louis is rough, a team that is closer to rebuilding than it is competing. So for the Jets... I don't really feel that they have much of an excuse not to come away with a win. Uh, I think it would be really unfortunate if Hellebuck is not able to keep this team in it. Uh, as long as he makes enough saves and the PK stays relatively clean, I think that would help. But I don't know how Arneal is going to manage this team. If Scott is a lot more conservative and asks the guys to hang back a bit, that's not going to play well for the Jets. Winnipeg needs to be aggressive. They need to close off space and they need to put the blues under a lot of pressure consistently because otherwise Winnipeg's game plan tends to fall apart. The more conservative and the deeper the jets sit inside either the neutral zone or the defensive zone, the more it's going to give the blues time and space to pick apart Winnipeg's defensive structure. And that's just not something that you want. Winnipeg really should be uh, the aggressor here. And I think they'll want to do it almost from puck drop. You want to get this game to like an early two or three, nothing lead or something put the blues out of it, force them to chase for the rest of the game, tire them out, and then hit them on counters. And that would be a very efficient way to pull off the victory. The only problem, though, is that the blues are going to be a tough team to get past. I could imagine that they're going to be throwing lots of interferences, probably some stick plays and things that normally would get called, but maybe don't get called in this game. So the Jets really have to be smart, stay out of the penalty box, don't give the blues easy looks, and uh, you know, also 
maybe stop cheating on very silly things. There were some odd decisions from the Jets' blue line last game that put the team under some real pressure and forced Hellebuck to make some 10-bell saves. So let's avoid that and keep things relatively clean. Let me know what you think of this game, and if you think the Jets are going to come away with a victory, give me your score prediction. I'm going to go 4-1 Jets. Whether it's realistic or not, I don't know, but I'm going to say 4-1 Jets. I think Winnipeg has the firepower to do it, but maybe you disagree. Drop your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with some early thoughts on Winnipeg versus St. Louis.